guys, it's Nate, and it's time for uh, not so bite-sized, bite-sized kind of thing. Um, I'm calling this a catch-up with, or no, I was calling it something else, a co-op catch-up, um, but then it just sounds like a bizarre condiment, and so maybe it's a catch-up with the co-op crew. I don't know. We'll worry about that in post. Um, but I'm joined here on this not so bite-sized, bite-sized with Deuce, my brother, Deuce, aka Luke, or Luke, aka Deuce. Say say hello. Hi. And Parker. You know, you both uh and Parker, you can say hello too. Hello. I, I do look like I look and I actively look forward to interrupting both of you often. Um so uh all that being said, uh you know, I thought it would be interesting that you guys were on an episode proper a little while ago where we talked about sort of like the the co-op experience as a general rule. And I thought it might just be fun to sort of catch up a few months later and talk about some of the stuff we've played. Like, I think when we recorded, I could be wrong. At that point in time, we had already gone through Vermintide 2, and I think we were working through Neo 2 at that point in time. Uh, since then... Uh, we've finished Neo 2. Uh, Deuce and I ended up wrapping up all the DLC. Parker, you were like, no, nah, I'm, I'm bouncing out. Uh, I'm done. I'm good. It was like pretty much as soon as we hit like that last, the last main story fight, you're like, peace. Um, and I think then, you were like, hey, you want to do the DLC? And I was like, what? I already deleted it from my console. Too late. Sorry. Bye. Yeah, that that was that actually seems uh, yeah, pretty much. That a, was like verbatim what happened. Yeah, yeah. It was like, so, hey, when you guys want to tackle the DLC and Parker's like, I already deleted it. Peace. Like, I'm out. Bye, guys. Um, But then, uh, so we moved on to The Division 2, and we went through the Warlords of New York DLC, and we were sort of in that for a little bit. And now we're playing through Monster Hunter World, which is... Interesting for me, and and at you know, sort of as we go through this, we can talk about because the first, like the the all the other games for the most part have sort of been like in my wheelhouse. And Monster Hunter World is a game that I have tried to come at several times, and just every I like I bounce off it. And this is like actually this this time, like I was playing it now. This is the most I've ever played because, uh, yeah, like um, anyways, I. Let's start the conversation with, you know, the, the, the game that we sort of, you know, we, we finished first in this and, and yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Neo two a little bit. Let's like, let's deconstruct this. Like now, Parker, I know you sort of like you bounced out, um, pretty, like I said, as soon as we sort of beat the main story, last main story mission, you were like, I'm done. I'm gone. Um, what, and I know that you, in in sort of private offline conversations, you and I, and even you know the three of us have had that, like Neo Two was just like not your vibe, right? Like you just were kind of like it's fine, but you know it was more of like I'm playing this because I already own it and you guys have it, and the only reason I'm actually playing it is because you guys are playing it with me. Um, you know, do you have anything to add to that or any other thoughts? <laughs> I mean, that's the quick and dirty of it. I think, yeah, it's it falls into that category of Dark Souls type of games. It's kind of like a co-op Dark Souls game, I feel like, in a lot of ways. Um, and so those are kind of hit and miss. Um, 
for me, it just is one of those games that I didn't have enough interest in playing it outside of the co-op sessions. And so it's tough with a game like that because I feel like you really have to spend time on your own playing it. Even if your primary method of playing a game like that is co-op, you still it demands a level of detail and attention from you that I think requires you to have sort of like quiet, focused time on your own playing the game. Whether it's like doing like the, you know, different tutorials and uh, what are they called? The the dojo sections, I think, in order mm. to like master up your skills and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, I don't have the time or the interest to, to basically do homework on this game before our co-op sessions, um, you know. So that kind of is where I vibed in on that. And, you know, I've, I guess, got issues with a lot of the systems. There's, like, systems within systems within systems that are just very esoteric and hard to manage, and there's a lot of stat managing and stuff that has to happen. So it just – it's if you're looking for something that's co-op but that's more of, like, a drop-in, drop-outs type of co-op, obviously Neo is not going to be for you. And I think that's just maybe what I was – tend to be more in the mood for and so that was kind of a tough sell for me yeah deuce what i mean kind of like what what was your like the ten thousand foot view on neo 2 i mean that was playthrough 2 for me so it it's fun i mean uh I, i think it's a little unfair because i came in with my original character so there was no get good anymore for me it was just like uh yeah just remember the fight you like, were oh, yeah, pretty much, God. yeah. Like, you oh, are a hard carry. Oh, okay. And then I'm like, okay, it, it's not a big deal. Um, but it is fun. Consistently I mean, 50 levels above us throughout the game. Until the end. Nate caught up. Nate caught up. I think Nate actually... I was only like, towards the end, like when I rolled through the DLC, I think yeah. I was like maybe 15 behind him at that point. Yeah, I mean, and it happens pretty quick at the end of the game. Like, honestly, like, there is that feel of a grind, and then once you beat the story, like, there's there's just ways that you play on, like, the higher difficulties, and you, it feels like you start a fresh character in the way you gain levels or Amrita because it scales up, obviously. Um, I definitely agree after playing it, though, with Parker's perspective on the systems looking at it now even in a second playthrough there's a lot in there that it was cool to see them try to expand it and add more into the game rather than just in vanilla neo like the original game you basically had uh, a fairly fairly intricate combat system with a couple of extra like added perks or effects or stats or however you want to do it, but it, it was pretty much just learn the weapon and then focus in on your key stats and you could enjoy the game. It was, it was pretty straightforward. And then Neo 2, they definitely did a lot within like the soul core system, your guardian spirit management, um, like just the the stats inside the soul core, uh, yeah. bindings, all that stuff. Like it, it just starts to add in and then it's you get back into... And you're, that's you're not even talking about like, and then you're not even talking about like the equipment grind and like yeah, I was just gonna say, and then you go back to the original Neo, like which they kept true is then you get into the divinity gear and all that stuff, and it's just like okay, unless you really enjoy plotting through piles of the same pieces to find the one 
that has the best stats with the right uh, the right affixes or whatever you're looking for on it. Say so it's once you play through the story, that's kind of it. Unless you really do enjoy um, diving deeper into that system, which I liked it because it scratches the the loot grind. I mean. A lot of games I, I find that I gravitate to are the ones where it's like, just give me loot. And then after I'm done with the activity, I'll sift through and kind of through my ever-growing pile of trash and then take, like, the two pieces. I'm like, oh, I like that. Maybe I'll do something with it. And that goes into the stash. And everything else just gets sold or broken down. But Yeah. yeah. I mean, Neo 2, like, here's the thing. Like, conceptually and, and while we were playing, I really – uh enjoyed the our time with the game like i i sort of started it's it, it was like one of those things i think at the beginning it was just like there's a lot and um i didn't go super down the rabbit hole with it but i did sort of i kind of i kind of did yeah i was there there was uh i i did start a second playthrough um at one point in time but like uh, or was it way of the strong the second mm-hmm. like the new game plus kind of thing, um, but I think the the more step like one because I I one I just appreciate that genre as a general rule like I really enjoy the souls like genre I like a lot of those like super sort of technical difficult games uh, and I'm not it's not to say that I'm really good at them I just enjoy them um, or maybe maybe enjoy isn't the right word, but for some reason I like to subject myself to the torture, uh, that those games, like the, the, the self-flagellation that those games provide. So, I mean, and I think when you're talking about just like a, like from the gameplay sort of loop and experience, like the burst counter and, you know, unlocking the different skill skill, like the paths for the, the different builds and everything. Um, once you can find, like, I really did, I sort of, um, I ended up sort of maining and sort of like alternating between Kasari Gama and then the fist weapons. And I had a blast because they're two wildly different weapons. Just absolutely, like, um, Kasari Gama has like, a, is, is a lot more like technical and has, um, but and has like a lot more area of attack or uh, you know area of effect kind of stuff and there's a lot more almost like crowd control kind of stuff with the kasari gama um and then with the fists it's just like a lot of like dipping in like punching things to death and then like dodging out before i get squashed um but and so like as just as far as like actual gameplay loop goes I really enjoyed like just the actual gameplay and sort of like building my skill sets out and sort of like really sort of drilling down into like and and opening up the the different weapon stuff but honestly and the the more I look at it I my biggest problem is yeah there's a lot of systems and then in addition to there being a lot of systems there's just a lot of loot because you you mentioned like the the guardian spirits and the soul cores and so they really are just sort of an extra accessory in a lot of ways, like for all intents and purposes, like they change, they do change like that, that sort of like your guardian spirit moves when you're in your yokai form or whatever. But for, for all intents and purposes, they're just another accessory for you to sort of manage like a, yeah, even it's a to flavor. 
Like yeah. it's a flavor to your style, like more than anything else. Um, but it's it's just like it's another piece of loot. Like, you know, getting the different soul cores and then getting all the accessory cores to like sort of like build that soul core out. And it's like it was just like there was system upon system upon system. And there's a part of me that that really appeals to. But I also just kind of like it's too much because the the biggest weakness of this game in comparison is, is just like the, the copy. You, you mentioned like the copious amounts of loot. It's like, dude. There is so, uh, one, you're not guaranteed like, like 90% of the time, like there's like, I was grinding, uh, before, before I bounced out of the game, I was grinding the, uh, the dragon ninja gear, um, the, mm. the, the Hayabusa gear. And yeah. I, I can't remember what it was like. It was like pants or boots. And I was like, I needed one more piece of that. Like, and I like to play with at least all greens, right? Um, mm-hmm. at the, and so, like, I'm like grinding and grinding, and, and it was just like, no, 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 no. Like, I I did the 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 fight against the Hayabusa ninja clan leader like thirty times, and I just didn't get the boots, and or the, you know, whatever, whatever the one piece was, it was like, I kept getting them just not green rolls. And I, at some point in time, and then there's, then there's even like the power levels in your gear and everything else. And it's like, it's like, so it's, it's like, you know, I just, it was, again, it's like one, there, there are a ton of systems, but then there's also just like the, the, like the loot, the, the flood of loot that they just unleash on you actually, kind of makes the game hard to keep up with mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. i i've like i'm just of the mindset that yeah this is definitely not like like if you have i think if you you have like a couple of friends that are like super into these games and like this is like you guys are willing to invest a ton of time this is a great like sort of this is a great venue like there are lots of there's a ton of stuff to do but it's almost, I think, especially for the way that we've like, it became too much for me even at the end. Even though like I was really enjoying it and loving it, like at the end, I was just like, there's too much loot, there's too many systems, and as much as I I really love just like the core mechanics and the gameplay here, I just, it's too much. It's, too it's much. it requires like too much of an investment um, yeah. in my time and attention and energy because yeah, you in order to really like get good. Like I got fairly proficient at the game, you know, um, mm. but it was just like to sort of like break through the, like it quickly became a gear issue where it's like I needed to up my gear so that I could actually sort of like push on through to the next mm-hmm. level. Um, and like there's there's something that sometimes that can be very satisfying. But I think, you know, especially after the time that we sort of had sunk into it, I was just like, I'm good. Like I'm done. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think like, you know, and, and Parker, I, I think you and I have talked about this too. And we, again, we probably all talked, I think honestly, if you had maybe invested a little bit of time in sort of like building out your, your action, because that, that was the other thing, like the proficiency with the weapons and stuff and the way that that system rewarded you or didn't reward you. I think a lot of times like your, your character, even though you were super leveled was kind of stunted because you weren't doing like any of the solo stuff. And so like, 
Oh, for sure. I didn't invest anything in any of the Onmyo magic or the ninjutsu or stuff like that. I was just along for the ride with you guys. And the problem is with a game like that where there's like one or two, I guess, gating mechanisms, especially like later in the game where it forces you to run a mission all of a sudden by yourself. And if you're in that position with me, either you have somebody who's nice enough like your brother Deuce was to just jump in and take <laughs> over my game and like re <laughs> like re-gear me for that fight and like actually win the fight for me, or I would have just been like, nah guys, I'll see you when you're done with this game because like at that point I literally didn't have the skill set to to handle that boss. I was kind of underleveled and wasn't geared right for the fight and didn't really know or care enough about it to try to like figure that out so i could have gone back and tried to figure it out but that was like another you know two three four five hours of grinding or researching and combination of all those things where you know thankfully deuce could go in and just swap everything out and do it in like 20 minutes but you know for me to come in and, and do that myself in the late game stages of it it was like no it wasn't happening so share play for the that's win. The, that's the yeah share play for the win. So it's a great great feature to have. It would have sunk my end game if that hadn't been the case. But that's the problem with a game like that where it's co op up to a point, and then they force you into this like single player stuff. If they had done that maybe throughout more consistently, they could have maybe forced me to get good early in the game. But it was so late by that point in the game that I had done none of those things. I was not interested in it. So yeah. Yeah, no. And uh, yeah, I like and I said and I've said before, I think like if you had, you know, I do think if you had been forced to sort of like dip into that, you might have appreciated the game a little bit more. But I, you know, that I'm also sort of saying like, but I think your your sort of critique of it is like this is not a very sort of casual style game and like this is not like a co-op game that you can sort of like breeze in and out of like it's like no you will take this seriously or you will just be punished um it feels which, like you have to kind of like sign a blood pact at the start <laughs> if you actually want to finish it that you're gonna like you know hold each other accountable <laughs> to make sure it happens otherwise it just won't but yeah i mean and like, like i said overall i I really enjoyed my time with the game and I've toyed with like, it's like one of those things I think when I was sort of winding down, I was like, I toyed with like, well, maybe I'll come back to it. And the reality is I probably won't like as much as I like that game, uh, unless there's like something absolutely buck wild happens. I'm just like, I played it and I enjoyed my time with it, but I'm also kind of done. Um, so, but, uh, y- you know, as far as, uh, yeah do you have anything else on on neo 2 that you sort of wanted to add to the the conversation there before we uh i i think that's a fair assessment of the game i i definitely think like hey it's it's fun um especially if you have friends to play with it but i do agree that it's um it's like it's it's not a true blooded souls game right but it's in that genre but it's it's the in that whole genre, whatever game it is, they all require the same things. Like you have to invest. Well, um, and in a lot of ways, but in too, this one, it was. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, in a lot of ways, too, like the ninja. So the ninja gating games or Gaiden, um, 
the Ninja Gaiden games, uh, I hate whatever Ninja Gaiden games, right? That just came that had the re remasters, sort of the 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 Xbox ones. Um, they were super hardcore, like three D action adventure games, and so like in a lot of ways, Neo Two, and as much as like the Soulsborne genre, like is like Neo. Honestly, I think like now that I'm I'm sort of thinking about it, like I honestly think that maybe things like Ninja Gaiden 2 and the super like in our Ninja Gaiden um Sigma and I forget what but like all of the Ninja Gaiden Black, Black and, all that stuff for the original uh Xbox like those games were super super difficult and I love those games and I think they were sort of even sort of like precursors of like what became the Soulsborne stuff. And so Neo and Neo 2, which are basically just continuations of that universe and sort of like, like sort of, it, it's the same team, you know, basically same studio. So it's like, I'm kind of like, you know, the loot stuff is kind of like, was not my favorite, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's sort of almost a return to form for, uh, is that Team Ninja? or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I like it, but yeah, it's definitely, it's, it I mean, is not people for casuals. haven't played it and they're, they're willing to try to step into it. I will. I think that the Neo series is, is a lot more approachable than an actual dark souls game. So I guess I look as like, if someone would be like, Oh, well, should I play them? Like if, if you've never played a dark souls game and you want something that I think is, is a bit easier. I mean, to me, it was easier. But like, yeah, um, I think it's well, at least like you can you can dip your toes in there, and it doesn't have the same level of uh, and you have the co-op like, features and other things yeah. too that sort of can yeah. Oh yeah, they do a lot to to encourage, um, like hey, if you're struggling, just go to the shrine, open it up, even randoms will pop in and help out. So yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we're going to move on to a, a, a much more casual game. Um, so the, the next sort of game that we ran through was division two is specifically the warlords of New York DLC. Um, and I, I, I think actually I picked up the original division and division two because of you Parker originally. Um, I think that's something that you're like, oh, hey, this is pretty cool. Or maybe the original Division, like you were like, hey, check this out. And I think I did. And then it was sort of when Division 2, it was like one of those things like Division 2 was on sale for like $5. And I was like, I will buy that for $5. Um, and then, you know, proceeded to play the mess out of it. But that game now, and it can be, it can be way more difficult. Um, especially when you start getting into the higher levels and you start chasing gear. But for the most part, it is super casual. Um, there's a lot of like dropping in, dropping out at one point in time uh, while we were playing that. Towards the end of our run, um, Deuce and I, our, our brother-in-law, Adam, he hopped on with us a few times and, you know, helped us. And actually, I, I've actually, since then, I've kept Division 2 installed just in case, like, I, you know, I want to hop on with Adam and rip around. But uh, what, what are your guys thoughts on division two? Uh, Deuce, you go ahead and sort of, you know, like had you already played warlords of New York at that point? Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, I had, 
And that was like a second or third playthrough for Warlords with you guys. Um, it's I like I like the division games. I mean, again, it goes back to I, I I see more and more of a trend for myself with like games where it just tosses loot at you and it's like here you go. Um, I I I definitely think like in De- Division Two they did a lot when you look at the first game into the second one of improving the system across the board. Um, I, I, yeah, it, it's just super casual. It's super easy to just almost, I hate to say it this way, but it's like brainless fun where you figure out a build that you like and then you just play. And it, for the, there's nothing in there. It's like, oh, unless you, like, if you were to get Adam on here, our brother in law, I'm sure he could explain the raids are vastly different than just the rig running around the map. But just for me, it, it's fun to kind of just plug in and pick some missions or whatever and, chase some some loot like really because that is the end game in division two is is the grind um i don't I, i'll say this i don't think they ever found the magic bullet for like their play like the loop in the game personally because they tried to not recycle but keep everything relevant or like make it that oh you can do anything but there was no loop to fall into and just find that rhythm of like, okay, yeah, I can do this for 30 minutes or an hour and just have fun getting some gear and then hanging out. They, they kind of did it with the tower, but even that uh, to some degree I felt was, it wasn't, it was a loop and it worked, but it also, it had some issues that detracted from it. Well, there was but, like the, you could clear all the different stuff activities and stuff on the maps and yeah. you could you could then reset the map but yeah. as far as just like sort of evergreen progression or evergreen content um it's it very much was just like they, they never really found like like the thing where it's just like you can just sort of drop in play for a little bit and then bounce out but that would keep you coming back yeah. like yeah the tower's probably the closest thing to that and even that's like just kind of like uh, the only reason i did the tower was like to to grind for gear after yeah, a while i mean and it's like i said that if if you get into and some of that i think is actually i blame ubisoft a little bit for this their raids they decided to make them eight man raids so and i'm still like i just i'm always baffled by these games where it's like we're gonna do a raid but you need a dedicated team so like you go to destiny it's six division two did eight um and i'm always just left scratching my head thinking like this they and it's a whole different conversation but i feel like there's something there to discuss like looking back at the the games we grew up with that had similar functions like dungeons i'm going to pick on world of warcraft but like you ran dungeons based on your levels but there was even in that a bit of replayability of just like going back and having fun with it but that was part of the loop too. You're talking um, about instances yeah. in in wild. Yeah, just like instances of like just you kind of have this defined set that you run through with a team, and it didn't matter who the team one team was, but you could just have random people. And a lot of games have started to pull back from that. They found solutions, but they they dial them back to make them far more approachable. But then they become too quick. And yeah, anyways, completely different topic there. Um, but yeah, with division two, maybe someone with a little bit more experience 
with the raids and some of the other end game content of division two might think like oh no there is a good loop but for me it's like hey i i played the game quite a bit uh i found two or three builds that i really like playing but then yeah it goes back to the, in that loop it's like once you've done that so much it's it's even with like diablo i'll actually stick to them like i think to this day they still have one of my favorite loops for endgame and just going into the rifts and running a rift because it's yeah it's not a speed trial but like you it's drilled into like here's your your goal chase it end it get your loot get out i and- think well i think diablo 3 is too and sort of just a like diablo 3 is like sort of seasonal challenge stuff mm-hmm. actually feels pretty good where you you know i plonk down like the 10 bucks or whatever for the season pass in in division two um at one point in time and i mean i went on to play it for like another 15 hours and i feel like yeah. i got my money's worth out of it but then it was like i looked at it and i was like eh, none of this is all that appealing you know it's like i mean i was glad to give them like the for i feel like for like for it was like one of those things like i didn't mind giving them the 10 bucks for the time that that yeah. i had spent but parker but it's, it's oh, look, yeah. no go ahead finish your thought i was just gonna say like it's i think that's part of it is that you know looking at diablo 3 the season content there it, it's all free like they're not making you pay for any of that um at least they weren't i don't know what's going on with that game now but then in division, like yeah, I, I felt the same way. Like I looked at it as more of just a patronage. It was like I was willing to give them ten dollars if they give me a couple. Well, the, cool yeah, the items. season like, content, but, the season stuff is free. I think. Yeah, it's the but the battle pass or whatever unlocks like that extra tier of rewards. So yeah, but yeah, yeah, like the yeah the ten bucks. I was like, yeah, you can have this. Like this is fine. It's worth it. Um. Parker, though, like, what kind of, like, your thoughts on just Division 2, like? Um, I mean, I think we kind of hit on it. it. It hits more of that casual loop. I think uh, we didn't really talk about this, but the actual, like, gameplay mechanics, the actual gunplay in the game and cover-based shooting is, for the most part, pretty good. There's some glitches with, like, sometimes you stick awkwardly to a surface in the middle of a fight, and it gets a little weird, but... For the most or part, you don't the cover stick. Base, or you don't stick. Yeah, for the most part, though, the cover base system works pretty well, and the gunplay feels really good and and feels really tight, you know. And you can, I think, find a gun that really works for the style of play that you want to hit, and so it hits that quick fix where you don't necessarily have to do a ton of like grinding around. You don't have to like change fundamental things about your character in order to just switch a weapon and go in and try it out and and have fun with it. So it kind of encourages experimentation in a way that some of these other Neo 2 games don't. And so you can kind of just play around with guns and and run around and, and shoot stuff and not think too deep about it, which, you know, there there's, I think a space for both styles of games, but sometimes for, you know, I think what our group specifically is looking for, which is like something to play while we can also maybe have conversation about other stuff outside of just the moment to moment gameplay, you know, division two makes for a decent backdrop for that. Whereas if you're playing Neo two, a lot of the times, 
you, you have to be sort of so dialed in on the moment to moment action that if mm. you're not paying attention, you're going to get ganked and <laughs> your game's over. And division two, I mean, that might happen, but it feels less risky because it's not that soul space. I'm going to lose a bunch of stuff when I die kind of a thing. You just sort of respawn and run out into the world and go do other stuff. So has a different feel as far as like what the stakes are for it. So you can kind of facilitate conversations and just kind of relax and, and do that while playing the game. Whereas Neo 2, I think you're kind of, you know, you're sitting up in your seat or you're getting a coffee to make sure that you're on top of it. In Division 2, you can kind of walk in and, and be a little sloppy about it and nobody's going to care necessarily, you know. No, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, like you, you mentioned the gameplay or the gunplay. And it reminded me that we actually played something else in between Neo 2 and the Division 2. And all three of us towards the end of it were like, ah, eh, it's fine. Um, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, the standalone oh, yeah. uh, DLC package from. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys have anything to say in, in, in as far as that goes, uh, you know, because. But yeah, I was just like, I remember sort of like. I do remember like we played that and I was like, oh, this is fun, but it's like it's Borderlands 2, like with some tweaks and mods. And it was it was enjoyable, but it was like I had already done that DLC. And so it's like I knew I was, uh, you know, I, what I will say is about that is like, Parker, like you're just like you're we're going through it and Deuce and I the whole time were like, this is the best DLC that Borderlands 2 has. It's so good. And you were just kind of like at the end of it, you're like, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to be that guy. I, I promise, I'm not that guy. There are games I really like, but those ones, the ones we've hit on so far, have been pretty meh for me. But well, yeah. I think too, like the the difference is, Deuce and I were both like we had played the mess out of Borderlands, the original Borderlands, and we played the mess out of Borderlands too. And the Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragons Keep is re- that DLC really you have to be sort of invested in those worlds to a certain extent and those characters. And I think Deuce and I probably were a little more invested in that world and those characters than you were, you were. And so when we get through the end and you're just like, you're like, ah, it was fine. It was like, you know, and we're like, it's the best deal. It's the best story in Borderlands. And it's just, you're just like, I, I think it well, is true. And, and not all of that, not all of that is, is, the the game itself's fault i think you know there's kind of a larger context of like activism within the gaming world and and politics and stuff like that and so i think especially when we talk about a company like gearbox you're talking about the time and the money i spend playing a game from that developer it it feels like it goes you know straight into the bank account of a specific political party or a specific sort of like agenda outside of video games and you know I think at the end of the day i just like to keep my games and my politics separate so no, i mean yeah. that's fair well and it's I, I i thought about this a little bit like as you were explaining it i think the connection like so you're obviously playing as a D character like let's just call it what it is it's, no, it's, it's a tabletop it's, character it's bunkers What's, and and something <laughs> bunkers and bad yeah bas like, yeah I, bunkers I and bas yeah bad words here so eh. Um, it just—it's better to sort of, yeah, just err on the side yeah, of caution. We'll keep here. it kid friendly, um, but it's like it's all a nod to like the tabletop culture. But beyond that, like why I think it, it holds it where there was that sort of adamance and oh, it's the best one ever is 
because you go through the the original game, you go through all the other DLC, and you you get to see Brick and uh, Mordecai and even Lilith as their characters, and it's just you get those quips in the just the delivery of the characters and their personas, like literally. Uh, well, Brick, when it's like, I'm going to talk to the Dwarven King, what are you going to do? I'm going to punch him. And he rolls a nat 20. It's just like, it's funny to me because it's like, dude, like, of course, it would be Brick, the guy who just punches everything. I think tra- that, like, that translates to his character. Um, I think, but, though, yeah. as well, like, the, the thing is, the actual story <laughs> of Tiny Tina's uh, Assault on Dragon's yeah. Keep is, is a little more serious, but it, like I said, because. You know, spoilers, if you don't want to hear what Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon's Keep is like, skip ahead like a minute. Because it's really, it's a way for her to process the grief of losing Roland, who was like a father mm-hmm. or an older brother to her. And this entire scenario is is sort of like her working that out. And so it's like, it's actually kind of like a very real moment, a very serious moment for this series. And uh, I mean, like, they're all complete degenerates and psychopaths anyways. <laughs> but I mean, that's yes. sort of par for the co- course for just Borderlands games. They're all psychos. Um, but, I, you know, aside from that, I would say like, yeah, that, that one was kind of disappointing. I think the other thing too is like, um, th- and what I will just sort of as a last little like my favorite gun in all of the Borderlands games is Sword Explosion, which is a shotgun mm-hmm. that shoots exploding shot like uh, swords. Swords. Yeah. yeah, and I got the basically like the like when we were playing through this time, I got like the best possible version where it shot out like multiple swords, and it was just like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a gun that shoots out exploding swords. It's, it's great. Sword Explosion. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, I completely forgot that we played that actually. Yeah, I did too. Well, and that's I think that's it's because it's kind of like forgettable. Like, you know, yeah. for for lack of a better term, like it's fine, but I mean, like I said, we, Deuce, we we had already played through the DLC and I think too it's just like I said, it's it it was kind of forgettable. And it, it, I think like the only thing it reminded me of was like like coming off it, it was like I remember like getting into Division 2 and being like, "Oh, the gunplay in this is so much better." Like, yeah, even though it's a, a third person sort of action shooter, like the gunplay in that just felt better than the gunplay in Borderlands 2. Um, or oh, well, yeah. tiny, you know, tiny Tina's, yeah, whatever. In, in Division 2 versus tiny yeah. Tina's, yeah. Uh, so now we've kind of like, so right now we're on Monster Hunter World, and like, I, I sort of allude, like, this is what we're all playing together. I had alluded to this, but like this is a game that I had just bounced off like three or four times. Like there was a, a couple of years ago, there was a because there was a whole crew that was like uh, from TRG that had gotten this sort of very early on, and they were all playing it together. And I was like, well, I bought it so I could sort of like jump in with those guys, and then it very quickly was like I ended up just getting left behind. It was like because like they, they were playing like every night. And I was like, I can't play every night. Um, and uh, then I had tried to sort of just get into it um, and, and play it on my own a few times. And it, it, it just, there are a lot of things about this game that like we'll sort of touch on. But I was like, for, for a lot of reasons, that just did not stick. Um, but Deuce, this is sort of like, this is the one that you were like, you know, when Parker... 
because Parker and I were sort of like talking like offline a little bit, like, and I was like, I was like, I think Deuce would really like it if we played Monster Hunter World, and like you and I was kind of like, we, I was talking to you, Parker, and you, you were like, I think we should give it a go, and I, I was like, I was the last one to sort of like, like I came to this very reluctantly. Um, because I was like, this is just not my type of game. But then I, I sort of recognized the fact that like, w- you know, Neo two is not your type of game Parker, but you sat there and you sort of like struggled through it with us. And you, you know, um, so I was like, Oh, I can, I can do this. So we're, we're, we are playing monster hunter world and, uh, you know, do since you really like, like this was the one you were like, I think, I think when when I told you, I said like, "Oh, well, let's play." My, you were like, "Like, are you serious?" And yeah, I didn't believe I it was actually going to happen. Don't like get my hopes up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then you guys also teased me because uh, I know probably entirely way too much about the background of these games. But hey, when you love a series, you learn. But so um, I mean, yeah, yeah, you've got like you know, you don't only just have history with this with monster hunter world you have played several monster hunter games extensively yeah Yeah. i mean i i've been playing the monster hunter games since honestly psp i think uh don't hold me to that because i think that's yeah i have a feeling like that was when i first really got in touch with it and then because I had did, Monster like, Hunter Freedom or something like that, or Monster Hunter yeah. Freedom Unite or something. And I know yeah. that I play, played it for a little bit, but it was like I moved off of it real quick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I, I played Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. I've played Try, like Monster Hunter Try. I'm, I'm pretty sure... Um, I mean, all the, the more recent ones, obviously World and a couple others, like Monster Hunter Generations... Uh, and then ultimate. So yeah, I mean, to your point, like I, it, it's probably one of the ones that I, whatever my time played on that character is probably a valid number, and I don't want to see what that number is, because it probably will be entirely way too many hours. But yeah, uh, I really I like the games. I mean, and we could talk about this. Like, I'd be interested to to hear what you guys have to say because I'm probably gonna fanboy about it and defend and be less critical of a lot of the game than uh, either you or Parker would be. Well, um, Parker, why don't you sort of like, you know, like what, what are your thoughts on that? Like so far, like what, what is your experience with monster hunter been? um, I think it's good. It's, it's interesting. I should say I, I had tried to play it in a separate occasion with, uh, my own brother and we literally could not figure out how to get a co-op game started. Um, so I don't know if that says a lot about monster hunter or a lot about me and my brother and our ability to like figure things out. Maybe no, no, that co-op like we've, we um, have it's definitely monster hunter. That, that, like, that co-op system is atrocious. Yeah. So I, I, think I love it, the series and those, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I'll, I'll get back into it <laughs> under the condition that deuce is willing to sort of like, talk us through step-by-step step how to get this up and running and get co-op sessions started. And as, as long as he knows how to do that, like we can do it because my brother and I, yeah, we tried 
two two or three we put two or three hours in just trying to figure out how to like make it work and we kind of gave up on it pretty quick so i knew unless we had sort of a seasoned monster hunter aficionado in the clan between me and nate that was not going to be enough to like really get the ball rolling so does your brother want to come back we got a fourth seat just saying (laughs) yeah i'll have to ask him yeah i mean you know at this point in time like we you know yeah um yeah, that's actually like the, the the I think the biggest sort of like criticism that I could level is that for a game that I think very much wants you to sort of play with other people, it's like it's kind of like like if you you're sitting down across the table from Monster Hunter World, right? And you're having a conversation, the game and the game's like I want you to play play me with other people. And I'm like, "Do you really like because you put all sorts of weird barriers in the way like one in the like you can't just sort of like form a party like in division two it was like the four of us or the three of us you know we would literally just hop into the same party and all the content that we like in one of our maps and like all like we would just all do do it together like like one of us acted as the host but then the other two like were on our map in our game and it's like monster hunter world you have to like basically each like instance like each sort of time you leave the hub you have to requeue all the stuff and then if you're not if there's a cutscene that happens you can't actually be in the same party until you get through the certain point in the mission and the cutscene and then everybody can join you and i'm like that's dumb that is super dumb and that's bad and i don't under like i'm angry that they did did not so that is that is only i, I don't want to misspeak but i'm i'm 95% confident that monster hunter world is the only monster hunter game that they actually did that um which is really bizarre and this is more a hypothesis than anything else, but I almost feel like they did that because Monster Hunter World was their that was Capcom's like first real push back into like a console platform, like a larger uh, console base rather than the portable. And then on top of that, that was their first real plug into focusing the Monster Hunter World game as like a release, not just in Japan and then trickling it over to the US. It was intentionally delivered like in tandem with the Japan release or shortly thereafter before that intention. And I don't know if they did that thing and like, Oh, well this will get a lot of people that don't even know anything about the game. Like they'll get these montages and get their feet wet. Um, because I don't even think that's true with, uh, monster hunter rise, which is the, the newest one on the switch and on PC now. Um, I think you can just queue into a mission and you do it. And I actually like it better and that if it's a mission you haven't done, you can watch the cutscene or whatever for the monster it happens right in the beginning of the, the hunt, and then you're into the action. And that's honestly so that's kind of how it probably should be. And like, yeah. you know, it sounds like yeah, they they're definitely like sort of fixing some of the mistakes. And don't get me wrong, I'm enjoying Monster Hunter World. I I do have some gripes. Frankly, I think the combat is kind of like not great. <laughs> like the it's when especially like coming off of something like neo 2 where the combat is very fluid it's very technical it's very sort of like can change on like can turn like kind of turn on a dime really you Mm -hmm. know as far as like 
you know, but like with Monster Hunter World, it's very much one of those things where it's like once I commit to a certain move, I'm in that move. You're in it. And it you, doesn't you, matter. Uh, <laughs> there are no refunds. There's no there's no way to cancel out of that. And it's like and it it's very sort of like almost and I think it's more because like it's it's a hunting it's a like you're hunting and trapping these dinosaurs like and yes yeah, sometimes you're killing them but it is more about like it's supposed to be a lot more intentional and they want you to use like the traps and the snares and the pitfalls and all that other stuff and yeah. i'm just like i don't want to do that i just want to boot this dinosaur to death and it, it, I, i'm not trying to like i want to boot like, this I, flying I like, furry t-rex like back any of the weapons right any of the weapons and they're these massive honking things that you're dragging around. I'm just impressed by your character being able to like slug like whatever said weapon is around, climb a tree, and like yeah, like not not to not to be like oh well it's all intentional due to weight, but I think it is in some there is some intentionality in that because Parker, you're playing with the longsword, which is basically giant katana, like it's like a Sephiroth katana. Yeah, except for, like, you don't wield it with one hand and, like, try to destroy the world. You're literally swinging around full body motions. Like, you're swinging for for the, the outfield with it. And it's – it makes sense. Like, to me, it makes sense. Like, I do agree. I wish – and I'm not trying to, to promote or say, oh, we'll just play Rise and it'll be better. But I, I do think, like you, you pointed out, that world was one – it was their way of trying to get a bigger – player base but then also they walked away from that into rise saying like this is what we know worked and this is what we know we need to fix because um like i'm gonna pick on the dual swords in world oh they're terrible but i i love like just i love dual weapons like i i am a dedicated dual welder like yeah and I like bounced off those in about four minutes. I was like, nope. Because it's, well, in World, it's really tough because it is plant and go. And then you really need to know how your moves work, like in your combos and where that's going to put you positionally, like before you do it. But in Rise, they, they did a lot in Rise that just we're not going to see in World, like the wire bug like added completely new traversal to the game allowed them to create a way to make like special moves actually viable in the game that aren't overpowered or just broken. But then it also in the, in tandem with the wire bug mobility, just even move mobility, like the, the dual swords in rise, if you're playing with them in that you can cancel your, your animation and positionally move yourself as you're swinging your weapons, which you can't do in world. Like so, it's things like that where they they recognize that they needed to clean up their combat system, but some of that's still there. To be fair, like that that weightiness or almost like that, I don't want to say sluggishness, but yeah, like that difficulty of like, okay, I hit I hit my my light attack and I'm in my light attack. There is no getting out of it. Um, but yeah, it's. In world, I I do I do think like there's something to be said about the the combat system being slower, but I think it's and hopefully you guys are seeing that it's they really did design that game to some degree to be played as a co-op experience. Um, it just, and a but lot then of it just like, gets in its. But the, my problem is it just gets in its own way. Like 
Like yeah. they're like, yeah, we want you to play co-op, but it, then it's like at every turn, it's like, but we're actually going to make it really hard for you to play co-op. Yeah, that yeah, that's true. I mean, I should say it's at least a fair. It's a fair criticism. Um, that's why you just make a squad. That I mean, that's how you get around. Yeah, but even then, squad. it's not like it's it's like one of those things. Like if we do, so like we're we're in the squad. Um, which, by the way, I, I forgot to mention this. Uh, so we get into the the uh, into the division two, and at so, yeah, for some reason, somebody handed the reins of a certain clan over to you, Deuce. Yeah, and you, you can thank Logan for that, by the way. Logan from TRG. Yeah, that um, was definitely Logan. And since like you basically got put in charge of this this clan. And Parker, you didn't tell me that either. It just happened. I caught on the one day. He's like, "Hey, you're you're in charge." I'm like, "What is it? Because I'm the only one that's played recently. What's going on here?" Like, and um, I don't know. But uh, anyways, so Parker and I joined, but then we also coerced you into changing the the clan name uh, into oh, yeah. the Sweaty Casuals, <laughs> which is sort of like. We have been like that's and that, that's actually our squad name in Monster Hunter, um, but that, that's sort of just become like you know the the sort of the terminology that we we've embraced is like we're a bunch of sweaty casuals, um, yeah. Well, but we're not here to. What's that? That really sums it up. Yeah, we're not here to spend hours and hours of playing the game, but we're gonna play hard for the hours we're there. Okay. Even if it's only five, and we're saying we're done after that, like it's got to be a sweaty five. So, <laughs> so Parker, I mean, aside from the fact that like you, you sort of you've taken a crack at this, um, where where are your thoughts now with Monster Hunter? Like where we're at now? I think it's growing on me. I think, and I said this before, in contrast to Neo Two, that I was going to make more of an effort to try to actually get good individually on well, this it's game. definitely way more approachable than neo 2 it is more yeah it's definitely more approachable there's less layered systems of stats that you have to try to figure out so i mean the menus themselves are still pretty esoteric and kind of like we talked about before like managing moving a team of people from mission to mission you know and keeping everybody sort of on the same page is, is a bit of a chore with the way world is laid out since everybody has to queue into a mission in solo watch the cutscene. everybody except one person has to back out and then rejoin into somebody else's game every single mission so it's esoteric in that sense but in the sense of like the the combat and the gear and the stats it's definitely not as stat heavy or it doesn't geek out on the numbers nearly as much as like a neo 2 so in that sense the gear feels much more approachable and you're not just like hoarding mountains and mountains of gear after each level to the point to where like you feel like you're missing out on gear because you don't have enough space in your inventory to hold it and you're constantly like slowing down the gameplay just to go through and do inventory management there's none of that issue with monster hunter world so in that way i do like it it feels lighter and more approachable but i think the issue is with the way they stack the combos there's this sort of like exponential curve as far as like the more combo hits you can do correctly, the damage output, and maybe rightfully so, but it goes up along this sort of logarithmic curve to where if you know you 
you stack everything, stack everything, stack everything, and then you do sort of like a mega move at the end for like tons of damage. And it's like I got to go back and like, you know, really practice some of that stuff and understand how that works specifically with the the long sword that I have in order to maximize it. Otherwise, it's just whack, 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 and it, it's every every monster hunt is basically death by a thousand cuts. Uh, otherwise which is yeah. fine it's still fun to just sort of beat on something until it's dead but it could be a much more elegant fight if i actually figure <laughs> out how to you know manage the really big damage moves so it's something that i gotta still invest a little time in on my own when i have the opportunity to but it feels doable it doesn't feel like a separate research project that it would if I was trying to do something similar in Neo 2. Well, and I think, too, what you're hitting on, too, though, is where Neo 2 had, like, the skill trees and the weapon proficiencies, and so you could invest and sort of build out, like, build out. Like, and there were sort of, like, key movements or button, like, button combinations and presses in Neo that, like, you could always move from, like, the the quick draw stance or whatever, you know. Um, there were always, like, these sort of, like, say similar like you know hold down r2 and hit square or whatever you know whereas but it could be fairly esoteric like there there were a ton of moves that could sort of be leveraged within it uh, and yeah, that was like first stance and then well and then and there there's a whole bunch of moves and then there's your three stances and like those moves change depending on what stance you're in um but then with, with Monster Hunter, and this is the thing that I, I do like about it, actually, is like it says these are the like when you pick up a weapon, you can go into sort of like a training, you can go into that little training room and says, This is what you can do with this. Like mm -hmm. these are like the 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 ten things that you can do with this. Like I'm playing the charge blade, which is like a sword and shield that turns into a, an axe thing. And it's like and at first I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. What, and then it's like, you know, and Deuce, you sent us those videos. But like, honestly, like I've gone and I've screwed around in that sort of training room like yeah. three, four times. And I have a fairly decent grip on how to move around now. Mm -hmm. Whereas instead of just flailing around like an idiot, because like the, the thing is the, the charge blade is actually fairly mobile too like oh, yeah. i have like a built-in slide which i like like yeah. i can combo into a slide and then like you know you can cancel out of that slide cancel out of the slide like, and then like whack somebody with like you know or whack but like i think the problem is like sometimes the dinosaurs move like a lot faster <laughs> oh yeah like a lot faster than like and it's like so it's like i need to like get off this one hit and then the dinosaur's like oh no like boop yeah and it's I mean, that I'm always, I'm always. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff that I think is great about the game. Um, like just even monster behavior, it's it's not like it's not overly complicated. But I think like there there's something there is a nuance there with them. So like when you do a, a fight, like you could just have they have several phases, um, depending on what's going on. Like if. You have the normal that approach them, they're healthy, they're ready to fight, and then they can become enraged, which to your point, like it's even in a normal fight, sometimes like, man, this thing moves so much faster than me, and then it goes into and it gets enraged, and it's like, okay, you're lucky if like you get two hits in because it keeps jumping on you or smacking you with its tail or whatever's going on. I just need all the dinosaurs to like eat something and get really fat, like that one giant iguana. The first one? Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I well, need. 
I, and then I we would haven't, just we haven't we haven't met it yet, but uh, when we get further in on the story, I think it opens up. I don't know if it they tied it in. It was added at, like after the game was released, but it's it's called the pickle. Um, like within the 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 monster hunter community, it, it's the angry pickle or just the pickle. Um, but it, the name of the monster is the Devil Joe, and it looks like a walking pickle basically. But then it, when it enrages, it's a pickle of death. Like it just it eats other monsters, it ruins environments, and I think they did a really cool thing within World where it does that. Like when it shows up, when you act like get involved in that that sequence of events and follow it through, you. You just get to see because you guys saw too. It was something that they introduced in the World um, Turf Wars, where because of the way that they set up the maps, you can have multiple monsters coming in on the maps. Oh uh, yeah, that's yeah. a new thing because actually in the old games, um, you picked a monster hunt and that's what you hunted. Um, or if it if you had to hunt two things, it might have had the icon for the one you knew about and a question mark. Um, there was ways that they added that in, but it wasn't just this random, like, it's going to happen. And then in a world, they're like, no, it's, you're in an ecosystem now, so to speak, where you could be hunting one thing and have, I don't know, a giant electric flying squirrel come swooping in and just start pimp slapping everyone and fighting things. Just um, just for the record, I'm looking at the Devil Joe now, right? Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's kind of like if a pickle and a T-Rex made a baby. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it's um, but yeah, that's the Devil Joe, and he's he's a he's a nasty piece of work, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just within like the monsters' behaviors, like uh, I think they've done a lot that I I think is cool. Again, I am a fan of the series, so of course I'm gonna think it's cool. But just like with the ecosystem aspect of like monsters kind of having a monster pool for different environments and then randomly rotating that man based on what's going on. Another one um, you guys will get introduced to in this game is called, I'm probably going to butcher it because I think everyone says it differently, but it's basil goose or basil goose. Um, It's a flying wyvern that drops scales that explode. Yeah, it's real fun. Well, we'll get to meet him too. He's like another one. And it's just, uh, it's iconic because it's when he comes in, it's almost like a, a bomb siren. When he roars, it sounds like a bomb siren. And it's like, oh, no. Like, I was just having a peaceful day, and now it's all chaos because this thing's going to keep, swamp, like, bombing everything. Um, but anyways, like, beyond that, like, the Turf Wars, I think, is a really cool concept. And then even just in the, the monster behavior, like, the, the more you beat it up, the it'll start to limp away or if you can wear it out, uh, you can exhaust it. And um, they're silly things, but just learning how to take advantage of the weaknesses or like the, even the strengths of monsters and figuring out like how to, like you were saying before, Nate, like use your traps, use your environment, learn like what their weaknesses are. And then that's how you hunt them. Or like, if you're trying to capture them, like setting up for a successful capture, um, and then you take that and you roll that back into like the, the whole topic or the focus of this conversation is like, to me, it's exciting because I can do it all on my own. Not that I'm great, but like it's I've, I'm used to the game, so it's easy, but it's always far more fun for me to grab the controller 
and play with a group of people because it doesn't necessarily get easier, but like you get to all figure out how you work together to achieve the goal, whether it's hunt it, like kill it or capture it or whatever. It might I mean, be. Like, it's mostly been like just booping things to death at this point in time. Yeah. Well, you only have to capture if you feel like it. Um, but it's, and even, even on that, like, we haven't done much with the side quest yet either, but there's some of them are just goofy for like cantina items for like the, the meal buff. Um, one of them is we have to get two wyvern eggs and two herbivore eggs or two different quests. Like you can do it on your own, but it's, it's fun when you have a team because you can either figure out, okay, so do we, do we get one guy to, to basically carry this giant honking egg across the map and protect him? Or and in the event of protecting, make sure that we don't bop him and he drops his egg either. Um, and like I don't know, like it's just for me, it's always exciting and fun to see. Like okay, so how how do you make a team get through this and just have fun with it at the same time? I um, I I think like you know, sort of going back, like I really the the one sort of i don't and it and again it's not really a gripe but i do feel like the game's menus sort of overall just get in the way like the i i think that's fair i i honestly wish like and maybe maybe in rise they've sort of figured out but i i hope if there's like no, a, it's a little bit cleaner but not much like it's like <laughs> there's just a part of me that just wants to say like clean up your menus clean up your combat and you could have something that I think like, and it's done, it's done, like Monster Hunter World did really well for them. I can't remember. Um, I'll, I'll look it up, but it was like, I know that it's like, it sort of like, cause Capcom was in, in a bad way um, for a while, while. And then uh, Monster Hunter World sort of signaled a bit of um, uh numbers here but that they that, sold 18 million units and that's yeah yes 2001. yeah uh the number of sales uh the master edition the iceborne master edition game so it's like what i'm looking at it's like uh right now they're looking at like 20 million units total between like pc oh, and playstation and with iceborne and everything else um so it's it's done really well for them um and there's a part of me that's like and it's 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 done that well in spite of itself, um, you know, because yeah. I, I don't think it's I think there are the game kind of gets in its own way. Like, and again, just sort of like the controls are a little janky, like and again, some of that is just the gameplay, the, the actual gameplay. Some of that I'm just like, but and it's like one of those things like. Honestly, I just think if they sort of like streamlined some of the menus, then they they really sort of figured out how to use their HUD, and just they like they could have this thing could be like a much more mainstream success than it already is, like and maybe that's just me sort of like you know talking out of my butt because I don't know I don't actually know anything. This is just sort of like you know coming from it like I'm like the bones here are really good like. I have a like when we're hunting something and it's going well, it's a ton of fun. But it's like sometimes the game itself gets in the way of me doing the hunts or whatever. And yeah. then then it's like it's kind of like, "Oh man. Yeah, geez. Geez, I wish this didn't suck." <laughs> you know, kind of thing. <laughs> like I mean, it, 
I, I think it's fair. I, I think like I just look not that ratings really matter, but as a whole, um, both Monster Hunter World and Rise have come in. Like granted, it's IGN, but it came in nine out of ten with IGN. I think Metacritic was Metacritic. It was eighty eight percent from the yeah, they're good the games. Actual critics like reviewing it, and I, I think. Like even what they did with Rise, like the stuff I was highlighting, those those to me aren't necessarily like they're not over the top. They've completely transformed the game. Like it's this whole new aspect. But they did. It's it's a lot of quality of life. They've recognized like okay, so how do we make this better? And I, to your point, I think like as more and more people play it, and it, it's sort of like with anything. Don't go in with this expectation of like if you think if you're looking for an Elden Rings game, like if you're looking for Dark Souls or an Elden Rings experience, don't play Monster Hunter because that's not what it is. Like it is its own, its own niche, uh, type of game. Um, I do agree with you. Like I, even now, I I think like there and I see it in Rise. I mean, I don't. It's easy to say because I enjoyed it, but it's also just objectively i've seen base from world to rise like they did they did learn a lot they took a lot of what they learned that was good from world and they put it into rise and then they also try to figure out how do we make rise more mobile and more interactive um so it's not just the same cookie cutter you have this puzzle tile piece map that you're gonna hunt one monsters like they they and I think it's pretty cool personally. Like I'm, I'm gonna brag about the switch. I think it's cool that they they replicated Rise inside the switch the way they did, because it's not as graphically complex or as advanced as World. Like it is definitely a step backwards graphically, but functionality and mechanically, I think it performs better than World and you can see that in like the system and the way that things work. Don't get me wrong. You still have slow weapons. You're still going to have moments where you're like, what the heck? Like um, I was telling Nate, I, I actually, I had gotten monster hunter rise for our nephew and over our vacation, we all went to Bethany beach. Um, I forced him to do some hunts with me. And even then I'm in my character who's fairly confident I was still getting knocked around by like the beginning monsters. Not that they could kill me, but I was like, Oh man, I don't remember like being this bad at this game, but all right, here we go. Um, but it's fun. I mean, I enjoy it. again. Like I said, I get excited and enjoy just being able to take a team and then figuring out how to work as a team to, to either capture or hunt the monster or whatever. But yeah, Parker, any sort of additional thoughts on Monster Hunter Rise or uh, World, rather? I, I mean, I'll, I'll be like just sort of my my sort of closing thought just to sort of button this up. I'm actually kind of interested in checking out Rise. I'm not going to buy it anytime soon, but it's definitely something like I'm, I'm a little curious now. So, Parker, what are your sort of closing thoughts on Monster Hunter World for now? Um, For now, I'm, I'm enjoying it for what it is. You know, we'll see. It, the story is still, uh, there's a lot of questions. So I can't really say a ton about like what the story is. or And, you know, at the end of the day, it's about just hunting big monsters and killing them and stuff. So I don't know that there's going to really be a ton 
to the story at any moment, but there is story in there somewhere. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I think the other thing too, that might be interesting is to do a, a compare contrast at some point, maybe between this and like the God Eater series, if we ever got into mm, playing yeah. any of those, at least, at least tried one of them, you know, whether it's the first one or the third one, or cause I think there's at least three of them or whatever, yep. but you know, there's some, there's a lot of similarities between those two games. They're not exact, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know if the God Eater series counts as like a monster hunter clone. Maybe it does, but I think it'd it be does. interesting to play, you know, finish world. And then, you know, maybe we dip out into something a little different, but then maybe after that we go into God Eater and we just do a compare contrast between the two, because I feel like it'll, maybe even in hindsight would give us a better appreciation for what monster hunter does. If, you know, we jump into God eater and it's a total disaster or whatever we can go, man, we didn't realize how good we had it in monster hunter or whatever. <laughs> so I don't know, some perspective might be good. It would be interesting to, to try that since they're kind of similar types of games that are also, you know, three person co-op or whatever. So. Yeah. I think that's uh that's, that's fair. I mean, I know that monster hunter or, uh, wait, what's the, uh, you just said it brain stuff. God Eater. God Eater 3 was on sale for like eight bucks a while ago. I think both of you guys picked it up then. I did not. Um, but I might be willing to sort of drop like, you know, find it like a used copy or something and drop a few dollars on it. Um, well, and since you sort of brought it up, like, and I guess sort of what we can sort of wrap this thing up on is uh, we still have a number of sort of pile games in the pile to sort of look at and play coming up uh i think next so you know just to like parker you threw out that text about uh toe jam and earl back in the groove for like two bucks and that has like up to four people like four person co-op um uh, i mean i picked it up because like why not it's two bucks um and it could just it could be like you know for that it's like even if we only play it for like an hour or two and we kind of roll out on it like yeah this is not our thing uh it was two bucks so uh didn't yeah. didn't hurt me um but we have a number of things like we've got uh like i recently picked up the the tmnt shredders revenge for 20 bucks uh dude guys that that one is super awesome you guys need to get on that it's super charming um I I'm also a fan of sort of like the side scrolling beat 'em up brawler kind of uh genre as as evidenced by uh me making Parker sit down over the course of like four hours and play Streets of Rage four with me. Um but uh uh Scott Pilgrim, the Scott Pilgrim game is in the mix there. Uh we we have a there's that gauntlet game I think we've we've all sort I think we've all sort of got. Um but Actually, too, and I, I told this to you, Parker. I said, like, after when we do finally sort of roll on to whatever's next, um, I'm kind of interested in checking out that Deep Rock Galactic. Like, I've been hearing some things about it, and uh, it was a th one of those free PS Plus games, and so I kind of want to check it out. Um, that's that's sort of on on just sort of like my like, oh hey, like this is definitely something to get into, like. Are there any games uh, that sort of we all have? Because we also have Risk of Rain 2. We've got a few things in there. Are there, there any things on the pile that uh, either one of you are sort of like especially sort of keen on maybe getting around to? 
Parker, why don't you uh, but go ahead, Deuce? Yeah, I was just gonna say, like Parker, go ahead because I I actually don't have anything right now because we we've I've I've count this as a victory. I got you guys to play Monster Hunter World, so doesn't matter what we play next. Whatever you guys want, like. <laughs> no, I mean I think I'm I'm interested in in all of those. You know, Risk of Rain. It's kind of an older title, but it might be fun to check out. Definitely Scott Pilgrim. It's nice to have a a variety of different things to try. And since we've kind of, we maybe cycled through some that I wasn't the biggest fan of, and now we're kind of playing the one that Nate was most on the fence about. Maybe the next one will be one that uh, Deuce is not so thrilled about. Maybe There's only like one two. game I'm not thrilled about. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, we do have that. And uh, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. That's got a whole history there, just in and of itself. But yeah, I mean, yeah. just just for the like for the listeners, and and I'll sort of is uh, so the whole thing was like, I it was basically like Deuce was looking for a PS5, and Parker and I were like, if we help you get a PS5, like we're gonna like we're gonna hook you up with a copy of Dying Light Two, and you have to you have to play it, and um, you have to play it with us. And because uh, he 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 played Dying Light with us and was not that big a fan, um, and then so uh, a mutual buddy of ours, uh, Parker's and mine, was actually selling his barely used PS5, and I was like, I saw it, and I was like, I reached out to him, and I was like, Yo, my brother's looking for one. Like, if you still have it, like, I'll put you in contact with him, and you guys can sort out the details. So he gets this. He gets this like. You know, spanky, you know, practically new, shiny PS5. And then in the mail, like a week later, here shows up a copy of Dying Light 2. <clears throat> See, I was addressed to this guy, Deuce. I don't know who he is. I, I think I need to return it to return to sender. I, I don't know. It's, I don't I'm know. Glad I made it through the mail with that name on it. It did. That's Angie was like, who said Deuce McKeever? I'm like, I, there's only. A, couple of people that call me that like, feels like a game dread set in i open it he starts dread sweating uh, yeah no i'm i'm okay with it like I, I i know we don't have time to talk about it like i for all my griping or fear i am intrigued to play the game but i know i'm a complete wuss when it comes to like the the shock and scare factor, so that's gonna be my cutoff. Like I'm gonna probably have to play it when you guys are there. Otherwise, first moment of like a zombie trying to eat my face that I wasn't ready for, it's unplug. I'm out. I'm not coming back. So, no. Joking aside, I'm I'm okay with that too. I've heard well, and I'm kind of excited to get around to that one eventually because like um, I've I've heard that the actual like the all like. In a lot of ways, it is just a massive improvement over Dying Light, and I love Dying Light. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, don't get—I did not—I was not necessarily a fan of the nighttime sequences. Um, you, you know, like the run across the city and don't get don't get eaten by the zombies kind of thing was. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah, man. Um, well, yeah. So we we got we got a bunch of stuff sort of in the mix. Like I said, my sort of like. Right now, I, I'm, I just, I just want, I do want to get around to like Deep Rock Galactic at some point in time because, like, I just, I, I'm kind of 
been looking at it and sort of side eyeing it. But yeah, I'd actually I'd be you know, there's a pile in there. So all right, guys. Well, I think uh that's that, you know, as as far as being bite sized, this is not that. Um, this is anything but bite size. This is not quite as meaty as a full length episode. So in comparison, yes, I guess it's uh but we've done all of the things that we came here to do tonight. I want to thank you guys both for your time and uh, to the listeners, you guys know what you're supposed to be doing. Like do the things and you know, I'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.